Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. We got shuffling in the Mets front office. Michael Trout on the table, finally? Let's talk about it, Trev. If thou shall hangeth, thou shall bangeth. Welcome to Talking Baseball, presented to you by Seat Geek, myself, Trevor, BBD, James, supposed to be here. We are swimming in it today. Uh, we've got a couple, we've got a big, exciting, literally a big, exciting guest coming to the office. If you guys follow all of our John Boy media stuff, uh, we're, we're really excited. So, um, with that, players only. Sexy guys only. Speaking of Trevor Plouffe and Kalinasty, how are you? I don't think that's what it's called. I'm doing well, though. Thank you, Jake. Uh, We had a nice little talk about your outfit and kind of where we landed with it. I was happy. You're in Cuba. You you took your boat down there. It didn't start up again, so you kind of like just are stranded down there, but you learned to love the land and work with the locals and – you're happy, which makes me happy. And you know what else makes me happy? Exactly. Doing this show with you guys. Mm. I love it. I love our community. I love baseball. I love talking ball. So it's only fitting that I'm a co-host on the number one baseball show in the world, Talking Baseball. Washed up in Cuba, kind of become a became a little bit of a USA pipeline guy. You get stuff done. I get stuff done, Bobby. Um, yeah. I'll put the buttons up. I did. Uh, I had a moment on the train this morning where I was like just leaning over on my phone and the chain was hanging out. And I was like, this is, <laughs> I got to tighten it I up. I went back to two chains. Yeah. Yeah. I fixed this one. Two chains, but I got me a few on. Okay. Is that because your guy PCA got called up and he's making catches? Yeah. So now you can afford to get more chains because his stock is through the roof. He's incredible, huh? Just everyone loves PCA. You got that long ass last name. You can barely fit it on your jersey. You got the red hair. You got the skills. God, the sky's the limit for this guy. That ball he tracked down in cores last night was awesome. Um, let's uh Trev, we've got some ball to talk, and that was maybe my favorite text I've gotten from you in a long time, ever since some of those late night texts you used to send me. Uh you were you said, <laughs> I want to talk ball. And we're talking ball today, and it's brought to you by Shady Rays. I've got my Shady Rays. Was wearing those on the train, too, getting a lot of hashtag looks. Shady Rays, if you have no idea, then you haven't been with us. Because Shady Rays has been with us for a while now. They're the best in the sunglasses game. Gear built to last, but at an affordable price. And they have their lost and broken replacement guarantee. So they're basically sunglasses for life. You get them, you break them, you lose them. Shady Rays will replace them. And we have our own collab shades. Those are the one I was holding up. There's a Jake pair. God, I love these. I wear them every day. Jim's got his own. He wears his every day. And we've got a discount on those. Oh, my God. Code talking. So that's going to get you. That's now going to get you 50% off the Jimmy and Jake collab shades. Am I reading that right? Yes. They're in on the deal. Oh, my. Uh, So that or, yeah, the two-plus pairs of premium polarized sunglasses with code TALKING at ShadyRays.com. Throw a couple in the cart. Sun's still out. Couple more months. 
Actually, it's out every month. It's just out less. You can use sunglasses. Go to ShadyRays.com, code talking, 50% off two or more pairs of premium polarized shades. Trev, I was was interested to to see your reaction Uh, because, you know, we were talking about the midweek and we kind of had a hole where it's like, okay, open board. What do we want to talk about? I think the trout convo is kind of fun. I feel like... The Angels have put that on the back burner for the past five years, and I thought it should have been more in play. Um, that whole franchise is coming to uh, an interesting moment in their history. But Trev, you, and I think I agree, think the bigger news is Stearns, David Stearns, who's essentially been running the Brew Crew for the past couple years. There was some funny business that he kind of had to take a step back to become eligible for the Mets job, and everyone had been rumoring this. Uh for a while now, it becomes official. It's going to be an interesting setup with the Mets because I, I think Cohen's on the record saying, like, <laughs> running a baseball team should not be a one-man job. So that's interesting. And I think there's a brew ripple ripple effect to this as well. But uh, I guess, Trev, where do you want to start with the whole thing? Yeah, there are so many layers to this. First, I think it's a great hire by the Mets and Steve Cohen. And I think... <laughs> I think what we've seen from Steve Cohen, he comes into the league and we see him as sort of like this maverick, this gunslinging maverick with all this money. uh, And he's ready to just kind of change the landscape of owning an MLB team. And he kind of did. He came in guns a blazing, signed, you know, a bunch of people, took the payroll to a place that's never been, had a, a, a tax tier named after him. So, you know, like in in those regards, he came in and, and changed a lot of things, the way people thought about what an owner could do, especially in New York and the the, the huge difference between the, the previous owners of the Mets to, to Cohen. But now I think that he's realized that, you know, it's like any business. He's got into the weeds and figured out, okay, there are some things that work, some things that don't. Maybe, maybe I can't go in there and and fix everything through free agency. And, and there's other ways that I have to improve our organization. Uh, and he's been, you know, adamant about saying I, we need to build up our farm system. Um, so they've tried to do that. You know, they made a bunch of trades this, this year, uh, paying down salaries to get better prospects, which I think is another thing that he's going to influence a lot of other owners to do. I think it makes a ton of sense. If you miss on a contract and you want to get rid of it, you pay it down so you can get a better uh, prospect. That makes a ton of sense. So uh, he started to do that. Now, the next thing you have to do is address your your management situation, You know the, the people in your front office. And he's wanted Stern since the day he's got there. Um, I want to ask you, you know, about that, Trev. And I, I was just clicking through some articles to see if there was something there. Because you're right. When Cohen got the team in 2020, he wanted Stearns. Yeah. Stearns, by the way, at that time was 35 years old, so it's crazy where he's at at this point in his career. Um, but what do you think that is? Like, do you, like you're Steve Cohen, you're buying the Mets, and do you think it's through some connections, or do you think it was through research that they're like, who is the next young best executive? Like, how do you think that process happens? Because how I'm trying to figure out how Steve Cohen goes from I'm buying the Mets to I want David Stearns as my front office guy. So, okay, I think that 
a couple different things probably happened. I don't think he knew who David Stearns was when he gets when he takes over the Mets. Again, I think he's had to learn the baseball landscape. You know, he right. might have heard of him or whatever. He he did went to he went to he's from Manhattan, I believe. He's from New York, Upper East Side so, kid. Yeah, so there's you know there's that whole thing, and I knew he I know he Stearns. I'm talking about grew up a Mets fan, so I I don't know if there was some talk like, hey man, this is a guy um, that. Could be an interesting fit for us, you know, down the road. He's with the Brewers now. Uh, but they've expressed, and this has been written many times and quoted many times, they want to turn the Mets into the Dodgers, what the Dodgers have done essentially. And what the Dodgers have done essentially is, you know, take, you know, they took an executive from the race and said, hey, we're going to give you money. Like we're gonna give you a, a budget to work with, a big budget to work with, and now go do all the things you did before. But also, we can sign free agents. I think they're they are in a similar position as the Dodgers, where hey, we're gonna go get this guy who, listen to the teams that Stearns has worked for. They're all the teams that you want your guys to work for. Maybe besides the Rays, the Rays is the one that if you work for the Rays, you're gonna get a job somewhere. But he worked for Cleveland from 2010 to 2012. Then he goes to Houston from 12 to 14, and then he's with the Brewers. And everywhere he's been, it's been like he's been there before their success. Mm. So you have to imagine he's had, you know, parts, or he's had a hand in the success. In Cleveland, 2010 through 12, 16, they make the World Series. You know, they do a good job of drafting and getting guys. They bring in the door. They have, you know, Kipnis. They bring in free agents like you know a lot of things worked in cleveland they've been able to develop pitching and 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 have that player development uh you know i don't know how much of a part he had there is pretty early on in his career but he was there and then you get over to the astros for a couple years and this was all you know before the success and you know 17 and but you have to draft these guys and you have to create a plan to to do what the astros did and and he was part of that then he goes over to the brew crew and you know, they hadn't had a, a, a ton of success, and he leads them, I think it was from 18 to 21, four straight playoff appearances, probably, you know, I don't know, got to be one of the better runs in Brewers history. So, like, this is he's had success, and he's done it. You know, those are all considered small market teams. Houston's a little bit different there, but at that point, they weren't operating with a, a, a massive payroll. So I think he's been able to do it in, at places without – the payroll and now here he is getting the payroll so i just think it's i think that is especially appealing to a guy like cohen like hey this guy knows how to work things without me like he doesn't need what i bring to the table which is cash but if i give him that cash we can now have the best of both worlds and i think that's that's kind of where why he probably approached stearns and it's probably you know why everyone's so excited about this acquisition or this hiring is that Steve Cohen's getting what what he wanted and I think it is a a really really good fit. So do you think do you think that uh for the Mets cuz I called BS a little bit like I I I thought and I mean especially look you know, Scherzer uh, with Texas, uh, he's been banged up a little bit and he, you know, hasn't been necessarily the $43 million a year Max Scherzer or however you want to label it, even though the Mets are still 
paying it. Uh, they moved off Verlander. I don't know. I, I kind of was calling BS. Like, I, I thought the Mets were doing, uh, hey, you know, let's get off these guys. But I, in my head, I had them as big players this free agency and Shohei just because if you're still trying to change the identity of the Mets, getting a guy like Shohei Otani, an international superstar, can be one of those things. Like, if you outbid the Yankees and the Dodgers and all that to get Shohei, do you think the Stearns move signals that... Because they openly said that next year's kind of going to be a reset, and if you look at their financials and you look at the free agent pool, wouldn't it be shocking? And it, I, I guess that would kind of give Stearns a year to set up the organization, like, through the minor leagues and you know, some different prospect capital, how he'd want to, to set up a clean slate to attack 2025. So do you think that's the plan? I mean, I don't know what their plan is necessarily. I know what they've said in the media. They've used all sorts of different words. They want to be words. They want to be competitive is a word that they've said. Um, So, you know, I think that. That is a discussion that they're going to have to have. I think it'd be absolutely silly of them to just completely remove themselves from the Shohei Otani talk. Like they, you have to approach that and 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 you have to go after him. If you have an owner that's the richest owner in sports or in baseball by far, and you have a guy like Shohei Otani in free agency, and you can go get him. If you don't try, you're it's crazy talk, right? So they have to be in on Otani. Are they going to get him? I don't know. No idea. They could. Mm. You know how they're going to get him? Offer more money. They yeah. got that, dude. Now, I don't know if they want to continue to operate like that because Steve Cohen has come back and said, you know, he remember when he came in five years, if I don't win a championship, it's a disappointment. Yeah. He said that. He, he's kind of retracted those statements as he's gotten into the thick of things. Been like, oh, it's a little bit harder than I thought. Uh, so... That's uh, yeah. That's that's the interesting part of this whole thing is where what is the direction over the next couple of years? Because where Stearns has been before, he's had time to build up, you know, um, a system and you know restock the farm system. I don't know. And the Mets, I don't think it needs a ton of restocking, but obviously you want to get as many uh, good players in your organization as possible, develop them, supplement it with free agency, that whole thing. I don't know if Mets fans are going to be like ready for that after what they've got the last couple of years. And I know they haven't had any success with it necessarily, but you give a taste of, Hey, we're going to be involved in this every year, every off season. We're going to have a great off season leading into the season. It's going to be like total optimism. Like that, that gets addictive dude for a fan base. You don't want to go from what happened over the last two off seasons. And again, I understand what happened in the regular season. They want to, what did they win 2022? 100 games? Yeah, I think even like 101, something what, like 101, that. 101, they, they lose the division to the, the Braves, which was tough. This year, we know what happened. But I just don't think as a fan base, you're like, okay, fuck it. Let's blow it up. Let's get back to the, let's get back to bare bones, get all of our minor leaguers ready. And then in five years, we'll, we'll be in, 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 or be competitive. I don't think that's the case whatsoever with it. And it, it better not be. So I think that the direction of it is is so interesting. Now I'm kind of I'm curious what kind of pick these guys have now because they've been right. They're gonna so have they're a, gonna have they're, they're gonna, gonna have a, a top ten pick. You're gonna have an impact draft pick. Uh, you guys just traded 
uh, for those, you know, for those pitchers, Scherzer, Verlander, you got prospects back because you ate money. Um, Epler's still going to be around, so like he's going to still be supporting those guys they brought in. But yeah, you've got a draft pick, and I think what's going to be one of the storylines of the offseason is Pete Alonso. Uh, is, are they going to move him one year left that if you're not, if, if the Mets are genuine and 20 next year is going to be another kind of reset to go full tilt, which could be the right move. I mean, you kind of have to trade Alonzo, right? So, um, that's a massive asset, or I guess that's where we'll find out from uncle Steve and Stearns, whether how much of a new approach it would be. Cause if this was Milwaukee, it's a no-brainer. They're trading Alonzo. They'll get some prospects back, and they'll make it work. If you're the Mets, Pete Alonzo's don't grow on trees, man. Like, it, you know, you could trade for some prospects, and, you know, one or two might pan out. They might not at all. Alonzo's like a lock for 45 homers a year if he's healthy, and you can't just – that doesn't happen. It doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm so torn on this uh, for the Mets because I, I really feel like he's worth the extension that he's can get right now. I I agree with you. I I get that. He's a bat first first baseman, probably going to be a DH type guy. And, you know, you can say what you want about, Oh, it's not going to age. Well, how old is this? He can't be that old. Pete's 28, 28 years old. Um, I'm curious. It seems to me like they won't extend him. If I'm just going by like what I think David Stearns is going to do, because he is going to approach things. He can't completely flip how he operates in one year. And in fact, I probably, they probably don't want him to change how he operates uh, because they hired him for a reason. I think they go in to the off season. I think they keep Pete and then I think they trade him or if they get blown away, by an offer in the offseason, maybe they trade him. But I don't think, because he's not a free agent until 2025, they still have another year of him next year. Um, I, I don't think the value, you know, going trading him in the offseason is going to be so much more than if you trade him at the deadline. Mm. I don't think you're going to get some crazy, you know, different return from those two different times. The risk you take is, well, what if he starts off poorly? And then, okay, we're trying to get rid of him and we're selling low on him. Now, he's had a decent year. No, he's had a great year. He's had a great year. 44. The batting average is a little below where you'd like it, but read the rest, Trev. I was, I was looking at the OBPs down in OBP, um, but no, everything, this is, this is who he is. And he's had a great year. He's racked up 3-6 war, baseball reference war. So, like, that's the one thing you think you, you could say. Like, we're we're selling. We could sell high on Pete right now, and you know, I think they'll probably regret trading him because I think he's going to be good for quite some time. Uh, but that is the, that's the question. Where are we going? What does this mean? What's our plan going forward? Are we just saying, screw it, let's get right back into it? Like again, how they approach Shohei is going to tell us everything. If they're actually in on Shohei, then they're ready to get right back in the thick of things. But if they're like, ah, and they're pausing on Shohei, then I would buckle up if I was a Mets fan. If they're not in on Shohei, I would tell Mets fans, you're going to have a couple years here where we're building back up. We're trying to 
figure things out as an organization. And it's not going to be the every offseason we're going and signing the best players. The other well, that's very telling to me. The other little fun spin zone here. Let's say let's say next year the the Mets are being honest. They're they're not about it. Let's reset. Okay, for me that kind of says I'd really look into the Alonzo market. It's a thin free agency. Pete Alonzo would easily be the best hitter. So you could probably get a really nice return and who knows what he's looking for contract-wise and all of that. I mean, couldn't that also make Shohei make more sense? Like, instead of giving Pete Alonso the 25, 30 mil, I have no idea what, what his market would truly be. If that 30 mil a year goes into the 50 mil a year you give Shohei, and Shohei's arm, you know, tomorrow, next year is supposed to be a rest year for his arm, so you could kind of spin that to Shohei like, hey, next year, you know, get your feet wet in New York City, get healthy, and then... 2025, we're going to bring in everyone. The kids should be up here, and we want to win the whole damn thing the next five years. I don't know. Yeah, in my, in my mind, I, I I just don't think they they don't extend Alonzo. Okay. You know, for, a bu- for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, again, though, like, you know, this is – it's just going to be such a telling offseason for them. I'm so, I'm so curious to see where Mets fans' uh, heads are because it's – you just go from an owner that you an ownership that you don't love, and then you get this guy coming in and he's done he's been everything that you wanted them to be and and probably more. He's went and spent and brought guys in. And then he's made like he's made hard decisions, sold at the deadline. I think people, you know, you gotta respect that a little bit. That's not easy to do. It's not popular to say, to say you're beat. How not many people like to say they're beat, and then not only to say you're beat and 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 dish guys out, but to have the wherewithal to pay down the contracts to get the better prospects. I mean, I think you just got to be like, okay, like I like, I like this. It's at least we're making decisions and not just standing pat. And it's a line. You know what I mean? Like it's a line I'm stealing from Jolly Olive, but I mean Cohen understands sunk costs. Better than sure. anybody. It seems like anybody in the industry, and he's he is maximizing the value he could get. He's straight up buying prospects. One one amendment to something we said before uh, with the new lottery system, new rules on the draft stuff. Bets oh, yeah. have to be like in the top six, otherwise their pick drops back ten spots. So there's a chance it's not that impactful on paper of a of a pick. There's good players in the first round draft where we get tanking's dumb, but. Yes. Thinking is dumb. I, I, the draft is crazy. The draft is such a crap show. The draft is crazy. In the words of Joe's McFly, doing nothing is crazy. And you're right. Cohen's pressed a lot of buttons and say it like Joe's McFly would say it. Doing nothing is crazy. crazy. I am losing my mind right now. Um, I mean, the good news for Mets fans, there a lot of them are also Jets fans, so that's good. Um, <laughs> Buck, uh, the other thing that we haven't mentioned, Buck's probably out. Bad year, new GM. That's the final. You that, think Buck's like, thank God. I think a little bit. Uh, you know, people need to realize what kind of grind it is being a manager. And I'm not saying like you're making – a difference on the field necessarily. You guys know how I feel about right. managers. 
Okay. I'm just saying day in, day out, having to talk to the press, especially when it's not going well, especially when it's in New York, especially when you're Buck Showalter's age, especially when you don't need to work if you're Buck Showalter. You can go home and be with your grandkids. Does he have grandkids? I'm assuming he does. It's a good guess. I don't know. Buck's a stag, bro. He's got grandkids yeah. all over the place, probably. Um, Yeah, I don't think he's back. I don't think he's back either. And I and I don't know who steps in. I don't have. I don't really even have even thought about that. That's. I think that's like the least of the Mets' problems or worries. And that's funny because we, everyone applauded the Buck Showalter hire. Hey man, yeah. Screw the young guys. Let's get these old guys back in there. And it really. I mean, has it worked out? Who are the old guys that got hired in the offseason? Bochy's been good. fine. Boach. Although you know now everyone's blaming him for the bullpen, which is like silly. Go back to Dusty. Uh, who else Astros was it? Bochy, Dusty too. Um, the the Showalters are grandparents. Okay. I feel like there's one other old guy that got a job. But... Four grandchildren. Um, oh yeah, it's it's gonna be so interesting for the Mets, man. I guess are there any other questions that kind of the Mets have? We covered Otani. We covered Showalter. I mean, at least I gave my perspective. I think he's out. Do you think he's out? I think so. I, I just think it's it's one of those pivot points where um, you could run it back for another year and have that be the, hey, if Buck taps into something, if he's the, you know, the old, old military-type leader that finds a new angle and the team's into it and they put together a, a sneaky baseball season which any team can do at any time and buck is at the helm of that you can almost be like okay like you know buck has these guys ears and they're believing in it and we're doing our thing like cool or uh if they fall flat again and that's part of the plan then you can kind of change that whole energy for the next year so i don't know i'd lean it's it's over um but i you know there's there's another path there Mets fans, buckle up. Because mm. this is this is such an interesting free agent class. I mean, obviously, there's Shohei Otani. Now we got another Japanese pitcher who, look, they've had success with Japanese pitchers. They like the Japanese pitcher they have. Maybe they'll just become the hub for Japanese pitchers. Mm. Yamamoto, he's coming out. Cashman, he's your guy was there to watch him throw a no-no. It's already a Yankee. Mets have, been, so. Mets have been there. Do they approach this guy? Like, I'm so curious what they're going to do. I, I feel like there's not going to be a five-year period where they just don't sign free agents and they try to uh, it, it build up a system. I don't think that's happening, bro. I think this is going to be, like, a real quick thing because I don't think Steve Cohen can necessarily sit on his hands. Like, he might be able to figure out sunk costs, great, but, like, he's also, where am I going to spend my next dollar? How am I going to improve this team through free agency? Because – you have to consider when you're in that big market, when you're a guy like Steve Cohen, you got to get, and he's realizing this, it's uh, it's not just about your system. It's not just about your front office. You know, the free, ag- the free agency market plays big time in your decision-making as well. Like, you have to be good in all facets of the game. There's no way to me that I think he just lets a bunch of free agents just go to other teams, especially they fit what they want to do over the next several years. Otani is a big one for me. I want to see how, like, really how involved they'll get. Because it is going to be, obviously, a massive contract still. Even with the UCL tear, uh, it's going to be a massive contract. 
Maybe they solved this. He's supposed to be the guy that gives the massive contracts. Well, as I think through this, A, I think they sit down, Stearns, Cohen, maybe you, me, and BBD get the invite. We bring a couple blue moons, and we say, hey, fellas, Mm. let's figure this out the old-fashioned way uh, with one of America's greatest brewskis, Blue Moon, Belgian-style wheat ale, one of a kind. We we roll in there with some fresh Valencia oranges. Mm. Hey, fellas, listen up. Uh, and some fresh Valencia oranges. Here you go, Steve. We roll up with the oranges, and they're like, "What's that?" And we say, "Oh, well, we just went to get.bluemoonbeer.com/slash/baseball. The Blue Moon just got delivered at the door, Stevie. Mm. Buckle up, okay." Um, that's getbluemoonbeercom baseball. Blue Moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Click the link in the description. And I just found another little bit of Jake uh, Vuvu. Pete Alonso kind of projects as a DH, right? Like you know, he still can play first base, but the older you get, and it's he hasn't been elite. Hasn't been, over hasn't there. been a glove first guy over there. If you were to sign Shohei Otani, oh, is, then Pete's gone. Isn't that? The DH? I, I don't think those are those are going to happen together. I don't think Shohei and Pete Alonso necessarily are going to play on a team together uh, past 2024. God, us out in the city with those two for a night? I throw Steve Cohen a blue moon. He whips out keys from his back pocket, punctures a hole, freaking shotguns it yep. right in front of me. I says, Steve, where have you been my whole life, bro? <laughs> I think Steve Cohen and I. Steve, you got any zins on you, huh? Oh, <laughs> I got friends that do that. Don't be doing it, guys. About it. No free ads. Um, Steve Cohen and I, I think, will be friends. Okay. Yeah, I, I've learned to handle these these rich dudes. I've learned how to handle hmm. them. You just got to put them down. Speaking it's, of... It's, you just got to put them down a little bit. Speaking of handling rich dudes, a guy that was considered the best player of our generation uh, for about a decade. Uh, And then he had a teammate show up from across the big pond and does everything he can do plus pitch. It's not the pond. Don't call it the pond, bro. The big pond. The BP. It's not the pond. Mike Trout. The Pacific. The Millville Meteor. This kid from Jersey reminds people of Mantle. Mike Trout trade rumor season is here, but it feels like the first official time ever, or at least since he signed that big boy extension, because he committed to them. You know, it it was all laid out for Mike Trout, right? Like the Angels had been the Angels. He, I'm sure he'd heard some of the playoff stuff. He's balling out. He's about to, you know, enter the second half of his career, like go into the 30s. He signed that big boy extension with LA, and it's like, okay, like he's in it. Good for him, I guess. You know, he got paid, and he's going to stay there and be an angel. Um, The USA Today reported the Angels are open to trading outfielder Mike Trout. Uh, Wait, who reported it? uh, USA Today. Who writes for them? (laughs) You know. You know it's Big Bob. My God. You know it's Big Bob. Barrel chest Bob Nightingale. Barrel chest Bob. The only two guys I trust in this game, (laughs) Bob Nightingale and Jeff Passan. That's it. Maybe Steve Cohen, if you hook me up with your number, Steve. Trouty, uh, he's sneaky, been banged up a little bit since 2020. He's he's missed some playing time. Um, Trev, I've 
I guess maybe it makes sense now. And this this whole year we've done the Angels ride, and it's Shohei and Trout, and how much talent can they add around it? And man, get this team a playoff game. Like this could be fun. Things fall apart. I mean, it seems more than ever like Shohei's gone. We got people filling in for him on picture day. Um, if I'm the Angels, there's got to be something to the spirit of like almost we have to move on. Uh, and maybe that's dumb. Maybe that's just really wrong because Mike Trout still has a lot of incredible baseball left in him. But if there ever seems like a time it feels like Mike Trout could be on the move this offseason. Uh, where are you at with, with the whole thing? I've never really considered it until, like, all this has come out. Um, Shohei, man, just in his wake, just leaving, just, you know, yeah. kind of a mess there. Uh, I, I think that with if they would have traded Shohei at the deadline, I don't think we're talking about keeping Mike Trout or trading Mike Trout. Okay. If that makes any sense. I think that keeping Shohei being basically wrong about it, even though they'd had the right intentions. And I think, again, I'll, I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. It, I think it was the right move at the time. I don't think you were going to get what you thought you were going to get for Shohei. Yeah. You would get some prospects. 100%. You were going to get some people. They were going to be decent players. Maybe. Um, with that sour taste in their mouth saying, dang, like we kind of missed a chance there to restock the farm system. We weren't going to be in the contention anywhere. Even, even at the time they were still kind of like, there was a lot of teams all jumbled up there. They weren't exactly like secured in a playoff spot. They had to go off and do something. They didn't, they lost a bunch of games afterwards. I think that because they did that and they traded away some more people for Giolito and Lopez, I think now it's changed the perception a little bit. And I think that Mike Trout, after being paired with Shohei and nothing has come of it and they just haven't been able to, they haven't been able to make a winner. Yeah. To create a winner. They just haven't been able to do it. I think that there is a little bit of thought. Like I think it's just, it's it's been, it's popped into his mind, man. And once you get that in your mind, like, Hey, can I, can I be somewhere else where maybe I'll get a chance to win and maybe it'll be beneficial for the angels organization as well. Like you kind of like throw that in there. Like, Hey man, like I can make you guys better in the long run as well. I can be happy. All these things can get together. I'm kind of, I I think they're 100% entertaining it. And I think Mike Trout is going to be on board because he's got 10 and five. And he's probably already has a no trade clause in his contract. Does. It doesn't matter if he does or not because he's got ten and five. So he has to agree to any trade, any trade. I think he'd agree to a trade. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. So like you cleared that hurdle, where you got to get the guy to waive his no trade clause. I think he's. I think he would. And now it's. Can you pull the trigger? I know he's owed $37 million a year, uh, every year for the next seven years, I believe. Um, that's a lot of money, but I I it's for it's Mike Trout. It's Mike Trout. And I know he's been in, I know he's been injured. I get it. And people are gonna say, Oh, he's only played, you know, uh 36 games in 2021, 119 in 2022, 82 this. So yeah, he's missed some time. There's no doubt about it. But when he's on the field, he's 
I don't. What do you think he is? Top five. He's top five. Uh, at worst. I mean, when he's playing, yeah. I mean, you can get into the weeds about him versus Jordan or Mookie or Freddie or Olsen. Like, you know, there's a lot of good players but in baseball. As long but, as he's in that category, he's worth it, people. But he's also, I, he's basically a lock to to almost have a one dot, which, you know, I, as much as I love Matt Olsen, I, Matt Olsen could next year have an 888 OPS, and we'd be like, wow, that's a really... You know, that's a nice year, but Matt Olson came down from his 60-homer season. Trout has been clockwork that I think he has seven years at $37 million a year, around like two fifty nine. If he was a free agent, would he get that contract? Absolutely. Um, it, it does become an interesting trade proposition because a team taking on Mike Trout is saying, hey, we're taking on almost $300 million. Like, no, you're not just getting all of our top prospects. Like, this isn't a video game. That That's where it gets interesting. And it's also where the Angels at. Like, they called up all these kids immediately. We, you know, we around the yeah. horn, you got a lot of kids. That division's brutal. Houston, Texas has come up. Seattle is in their window. That if you're the Angels, is it not time to take, like, a two-year, let's play some kids, we've been drafting a lot, we have the big budget. Like, let's move past Otani, Trout, Rendon. Rendon in a very different bucket than those guys. Um, but, you know, this is, a, this is a big money, big market team. Your division looks awful for the next two years. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's a lot easier for me to say trade Mike Trout as not an Angels fan or not the Angels front office. But I mean, think about every think about every player that's involved in this. Philadelphia, you don't think they want Mike Trout, and you don't think Mike Trout would want them? Uh, Dave Dombrowski. I can't, I can't imagine Mike Trout. I, I know how perfect it is, but that cast of characters they'd have—that's the Avengers. What are we doing here? I mean, you got Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Mike Trout, JT Realmuto, like. The list goes on and on. That's the stuff of video games. You're going to hear about both New York teams. Like, is that, you know, what Stern's got sign off on? Could the Yankees Remember actually... Remember the Yankees been looking for a left fielder and a center fielder for, like, the forever? Sure have, Trev. Um, Wouldn't fix the right-handedness, but I could figure it out. We'll find a spot for Trouty. Um, this, isn't the Martian sw- a switch hitter, so he's got a left yes. hand? Um, yeah. A team that's interesting to me... Um, oh, so now we're going to teams. He's traded. Okay. He's traded. <laughs> Give me a percentage. Give me a percentage before we get into the teams. I'd say 50-50. I, I, I think, I think the, the obvious right front office move would be to move on from Mike Trout. While his value is still Mike Trout, like there has been a lot of injuries. He's going to get older. I mean, Mike Trout is, how old is he now? He's 32. 31. He's 31, I think. Uh, 32, August 7th. Happy birthday, Mike. Oh, okay. So I don't know, like, how how far are we from talking about a 34-year-old Mike Trout, and does that look different? Like, I, I know he... Dude, no, I don't think it does. I think people need to realize 34 ain't that freaking old, okay? Like, yes well, and the no, way people Trev, can take care of their bodies. I know he's been injured, so that, that's what people will talk about, but... He's going to center different, field. Different body type, different stuff going on, but, like, I want to... To compare legends to legends, like, go look at Mickey Cab's page since 34. Go look at Pujols' age since... Like, the game changes. Um, those are... That's a... Those are different They're examples. different body types. They really I, do. I, I get it. Um, but 
everyone does get older. That's undefeated. Uh, a team that I'd, I'd be interested in, because especially when you talk about wear and tear and maybe moving to the corners, what about the Sox, man? Like, if Boston, you can basically say, hey, we'll throw Mike Trout in left field. He doesn't have to cover a lot of ground for the next seven years, and he can just go out there and rake, like, I don't know. If you're any big market team and Mike Trout's on the table, you got to listen to that combo. He's Mike Trout. Um, and I don't know. I, for me, it's just how proud are you if you're the Angels' front office. I think if you're not being proud, I think you... We we made our run and it just has never worked that we kind of need to do this next thing as a franchise. Maybe Mike Trout's not that guy. Maybe he says, let's do it here and we'll figure it out the next couple years, but... I don't know. Uh, the one caveat to all of this talk um, is is where Shohei going to go and how quickly is that free agency going to take to settle? Because it's he's going to be the number one guy for these large markets, the teams that will be trade like they would want to trade for Mike and they could afford to trade for Mike. I say afford, meaning right. willing to spend. Every right. team can afford to have Mike Trout. Book that. Willing to spend is what I mean to say. The teams that are willing to spend to have to get Mike Trout are also going to be on Otani. So, like, and I think they'd prefer Otani at this point. Uh, so, I think it's going to be the teams that miss out on Otani might look that way. You know, you know, the one thing is it's it's not just a money thing, and that's what uh, you know. Like, if you're the Guardians, uh, I thought that was a very interesting. Uh, point of view, you know, they didn't make any trades at the deadline because it was going to cost them prospect capital. But when it just became a strict financial transaction, they went out and got Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore. Like they, oh, that's money. We we that's we're not worried about that. Mike Trout going to cost prospect capital. Shohei Otani just going to cost money. It's going to be interesting to see how these teams go after that. I mean, could you see a Mike Trout and San Francisco? They've been looking for their guy for. Mm. Forever, forever. If sure they miss could. out on Otani, could it be a Mike Trout situation there? That's a big old outfield to play. They got a lot of kids out there. They love a star. Um, any any team should be in play. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Dodgers. People are gonna be so mad, but he will look great in a Dodgers. <laughs> God, that would be that would be the final punch to Angels fans if. He goes to the Dodgers and they win. Like if I'm if I'm the Halos, it's almost like let's let's go to Portland. Like we this was fun and all, but man, yeah, that's that's the only one that can't happen. Why don't you go to the DraftKings Sportsbook? Football's back. Uh, we've got our yeah. against the spread league. Me and Trev undefeated. No surprise there. Um, and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 in instant bonus bets. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code TALKING to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TALKING. The crown is yours. Looking at the board right now. Yeah, Poppy's in. Hey, uh, Ravens plus three and a half. Um, Trev, uh, a little bit of a tight midweek, but as we wind it down, we, we had a couple things on the sheet here. I mean, there's Rangers collapse stuff, although they've just won two They're against the, the Blue Jays. I, I know. 
I'm over the demise. Like, okay. People are freaking out so much. Relax. Um. <laughs> okay, I'm relaxed, man. Like, oh, the bullpen had a had a bad run. I get it. They had more blown saves than saves. I get it. There's other parts of the team as well. And look, there's nothing more deflating than a bullpen blowing a late lead and continuously doing that. It hurts. It hurts. But remember what happens in this game. Things can change like that. Guys can get hot. You just got to get into the playoffs. And then some of those guys that are blowing a bunch of saves, they don't pitch anymore. Right. They're just warm bodies to play catch with. That's it. So, like, I know it's not ideal for Rangers fans to be having their bullpen look like crap and blow saves. I understand that. But the Braves went into the postseason when they won it all, and the bullpen was the problem for them. And then what happened? The Nationals went into the postseason. Nobody knew what the heck they were going to do, and all of a sudden Daniel Hudson threw every single inning for them. Uh, The Giants went into one uh, in 2014, I think it was, uh, when they when they won it all, and Madison Bumgarner just pitched everything out of the bullpen. Like you can find ways to figure things out. So just everyone relax. Just get to the dance. Mariners three and seven in their last ten. Mariners in Toronto tied for the last wild card spot. Uh, that story as it continues. Texas a half game in as of today. Um, man, one of those teams is going to be full blown heartbroken. Full blown. Yanks and Sox are dead. Finally. Um, Yanks and Sox are dead. The NL wild card is still strong. San Francisco, Miami, one and a half game back. Cincinnati, one game back. Right now, it's Arizona, Chicago, Philly. Mm. What was your world? This is where we're end the show. Okay. What was your World Series prediction? Jeez, no idea. Hopefully, the Braves. Oh. You don't know? You don't remember? No. Mine was Phillies over the Yankees. Okay. I'm still, I'm still on the Phillies. Obviously, the Yankees are out, but I wanted to see if you were like. If you had to pick right now, what's your World Series prediction? Uh, I would go Braves over Baltimore just to be a little sexy. That's for that's just chalk chalk. I mean, I don't think that I don't think Baltimore's the AL chalk. Who's who's picking them? How are they not the Baltimore chalk? They're the best record in the AL, the second best record in all of baseball. So, who do you have? You went for the one. You went for one. Who do you have coming out of the AL? Um, I have to think. I think it's probably. I think we might get a rematch of last year. I think that's the chalk. You think Houston's a chalk? Yes. Interesting. They're Houston. Their season begins in the CS. I think I'm deep. Oh wait, wait, who is the uh, Philly? Houston was the rematch of last year. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Okay, the rematch two years ago. Yeah, Trev. However many. I'll find my World Series prediction for Friday. Uh, We'll get the stimulator going, and we'll get everyone ready for the weekend. Thank you, everybody. Love you guys. Toronto, So much love. Jake sucks. Cuba, Poppy. Me and you need to go. Why not? We'll help the, you know, we'll be like uh, the scout, the movie, the scout, you know. Cohen, let us in the room. Find some people down there, bring him back. Let us in the room, Steve.